0: Welcome to the DFW Child Podcast, a place for local parents to tell their stories, share mom truths, and dig deeper into real issues, all while celebrating this crazy, challenging, beautiful journey called parenthood. Let's welcome our host, Brittany
1: McElroy. Over the last few months, working on this series of stories about pandemic parenting, I've interviewed lots of parents mostly moms, about several different topics. And I've started to notice a trend. While most parents are taking on increased childcare and household duties right now, it seems like more of that burden often falls on the moms. That isn't to say the dads aren't helping, but the moms I talked to seemed to feel it was more their responsibility. And if someone's career or work time was going to take a bigger hit, it would be them. What these moms did for a career varied. But the way they talked about their circumstances during our conversations started to feel familiar. From the mom who helps manage a research lab. My husband, he's actually the uh, corporate counsel for a company in town. So he wasn't really able, especially at the beginning, he wasn't really able to help out a ton. To the nurse practitioner still seeing patients both in the office and virtually.
0: I'm the main caregiver. I'm a primary caregiver
1: the single mom whose essential job means she usually can't work from home. It's a huge challenge. I mean, her dad will help me. I mean, she's got a great father, a great dad who is very much, you know, a part of her, you know, day-to-day stuff, but he lives 30 miles away. He is not just right down the street, so it's not like I can have him just come over and and help, you know, without him being here and face-to-face with her. It's just, it's all the burden is on me and the entrepreneur who runs multiple small businesses while taking care of her four kids. I needed that time to be able to sit and work, and now I don't have it. So I'm running
0: my businesses, taking care of my children, homeschooling my daughter,
1: and being 33 weeks pregnant. So I just miss, I don't know, I I miss how life was before. Remember Jillian Harvey, the flower mound mom we heard from in the episode All About Schools?, I told you about how she's decided to keep her son home for virtual schooling and how she's helping hundreds of parents connect and find small groups and resources that can help them make the online learning work. But what I didn't tell you about in that episode is how she ended up turning down a job she was really excited about in order to make that work for her family. I had to turn down the position last week, which was um, sad because it was something I really wanted to do. But I also know... I'm fortunate that I was able to make that decision. And I'm very well aware a lot of people don't have an option. I was really kind of invested in like this new career. Like we're in a new state. It's going to be a new career. We feel comfortable and we really enjoy it here. And then it was, you know, COVID came and just everything got knocked out of whack Because we sat down and decided here uh, that it's more important for our family to not have to juggle with, if I'm in a school and what happens in my school and then my son's in a different school and what happens in his school. And of course my husband is the breadwinner in our family and the reason why we moved to Dallas. So, um, I had to really like consider like what are all these pieces of the puzzle going to be? None of these moms were expressing anger or even that it was unfair. They were just talking about the facts of their life. They feel more responsible for a lot of household duties, particularly child care. I you. I you. you got me? Yep. I know I've shifted most of my working hours this summer to nap time, between the hours of eight PM and two AM, and on weekends, so I can take care of the kids during the day. My sister in law, a PhD, is considering taking a cut in the number of hours she works so she can manage virtual school for her three elementary schoolers. And we are not alone. In July, a researcher at Washington University found mothers with young kids reduced their work hours four to five times more than fathers. Rosalind Miller, a policy analyst with the Better Life Lab, part of a D.C.-based think tank, stresses those are often the moms in a more privileged position. That
0: study was done for white-collar workers primarily, so uh, dual-parent families often with man and woman where they had the opportunity to telework and women were still cutting hours in order to manage their care responsibilities through that. So you could, can't even imagine how much worse it would be for essential workers and low-wage workers who have to go in
1: to work um, or drop out. In May, the unemployment rate was 14.3 percent for women, compared to 11.9% for men. We knew uh, that would happen. Uh, Anyone, any parent could have told you that in a natural disaster,
0: in a crisis, often women are the ones who shoulder the burden of care work. Um, So women just proportionately spent more time on household labor, even when they are primary earners in their family. So even moms who
1: make more money are doing more childcare. But Miller stresses it is important to realize the childcare problem is not new; it's only been exacerbated by the pandemic. We're really putting
0: families in this impossible position where they really have no choice in the matter of how they're able to handle this. It's it's sink or swim, and there are very few safety net protections for what happens
1: if families sink. Uh, and again, that disproportionately affects women Dina Jackson the chief operating officer at the Texas Women's Foundation agrees her group has done research that shows childcare is one of the four key issues interwoven into economic security for women the others being education health insurance and housing
2: when we started looking at those issues we thought about eviction thought about childcare how can women get back to work how do you work from home when you have your children there and you're trying to uh, to homeschool them uh, we were like okay no this is incredibly pertinent right now So in Texas, there are two and a half million women in the workforce um, with children, okay, whole state, 12.8 million people working. If two and a half million of those are working moms, that's a very big percentage of your entire workforce. And so if for some reason we have a blockade, a barrier in front of these moms, it's going to be really, really difficult, if not impossible, to get the full economy working and going back to work if you're missing over 20 percent of your workforce.
1: So the child care piece is a big part of economic recovery. But the Center for American Progress estimates half of U.S. childcare spots are at risk of disappearing because of the pandemic.
0: And the collapse of the care industry would be a disaster for women twofold because they're the vast majority of care workers, of nurses, um, as well as the vast majority of essential workers, so retail hospitality as well. Um, But also because when families lose care, it's the women who step out of their careers.
1: They're the ones who take breaks and cut hours. The Texas Women's Foundation found the numbers in Texas look similarly
2: concerning. Maybe 30 percent of our child care centers have closed. 40 percent have closed temporarily in some way. And um, are they going to be able to reopen? The ecosystem of where are the child care centers located and are they affordable for me when I get there has shrunk tremendously.
1: That's why the largest chambers of commerce across the state and several other business groups recently joined together to send a letter to lawmakers asking them to include funding for child care centers in the next round of COVID relief funds.
2: They have a lot of additional expenses, fewer children can come additional cleaning supplies needed as well as work required to keep the children safe? The
0: CARES Act that passed, there was about $3.5 billion allocated toward child care and early education and less than a billion for Head Start. But those numbers pale in comparison to the amount of funding that were were appropriated in that block grant toward other industries. For example, airlines received a $25 billion dollar bailout and child care only had 3.5 billion. So there's a real opportunity to invest more in child care. We want to be able to invest more in child care. That was a temporary block grant and we need to build that into the infrastructure of how we build policy. We cannot have a healthy economy without care assistance and ways that that can be provided to families because without child care, a lot of women will have to drop out of the workforce um,
1: and, uh, some men as well. The pandemic has also brought about other temporary policy changes they would like to see addressed in more permanent ways, like paid leave. The pandemic is really just showing us how quickly things fall
0: apart when they've been underinvested in and ignored for too long. With something like childcare, uh, people, particularly working moms, they just can't afford uh, any type of crisis or natural disaster, and having a permanent federal paid family and medical leave plan in place uh, where everyone pays into it and everyone can take out of it and businesses pay into it as well, will help not just working parents, but any individuals who have any responsibilities
1: to other people take care of those people who mean the most to them in life. While the numbers indicate COVID has hit women in the workforce harder than men, the long-term effects are a little less clear. We know women are leaving, losing, and cutting back hours in their jobs more than men. We also know traditionally when women take a break from their career to take care of kids, they often never recover the wages. A 2018 report from the Institute for Women's Policy Research found women who took just one year off from work had earnings 39% lower than women who worked all years from 2001 to 2015. The motherhood penalty is a term sociologists use to describe systematic disadvantages moms face in regards to pay and perceived competence when compared to women without children or even working dads, who actually can benefit from the idea that they're supporting the family financially. But COVID, as awful as it has been for people in all walks of life, could come with a few future silver linings for working moms on the national policy level, in many workplaces and in their homes. First, the increased focus on child care could translate into lawmakers paying more attention to these types of issues.
0: There's a possibility to build, uh, to build the economy back in a just more inclusive, more gender equitable space, especially if we invest more in child care.
2: We as a community have been talking about child care for years and we understand that it's important, but I don't know that it really sunk in until now when we see And it impacts families all across the economic spectrum, I think is important as well. So whereas in, and sometimes in the past, maybe a family with means um, might have been a little more protected because they had easy access to high quality childcare. It was expensive. It's very expensive for everybody. Um, But they had it. And now they don't. And so you have moms and dads all across the income spectrum trying to work at the same time they're trying to of give care to children. And I think that that will elevate this issue from a voting standpoint and from a call for change to legislators and to businesses um, all across the spectrum. This is not a low-income family problem. This is a Texas family problem. It's for all families.
1: Second, many companies have adopted more flexible work policies as employers work from home. And if they continue to offer these even after it's safe for workers to return to their offices, that could help moms who want to keep working manage the demands of both children and career. If employers want to go a step further in helping to support families, Miller suggests they offer paid family and medical leave policies to all employees and encourage men to take advantage of them, too, when they have a baby or need to care for a sick relative. And offering on-site childcare can go a long way.
0: About fifty-one percent of families live in a childcare desert. So, by having childcare offered at your workplace, that could keep women in the roles. It could keep women in the workforce. Um, and there are ways that uh,
1: businesses can subsidize childcare and m- to make them more accessible. In your own home, something as simple as asking your kid's school to update their email list can help. I've heard from a lot of working moms issues with uh, scheduling
0: their Zoom appointments for their kids when they have to to go to school. And often they realize that the moms or the women are the only ones getting the emails from the school because that's how they had it set up before. So that's one place to start. Look at your email list and say, are we both getting the emails to set up these Zoom calls for our kids. Um, and if you're not, fix it. That, like, that's probably the most important part to actually follow through on that commitment um, to each other, but also to your
1: family. Have honest conversations and be willing to recognize where inequalities may exist in your family.
0: Women are more likely to take on a lot of the childcare because of coronavirus, but also men working from home and men whose partners are primary uh, earners and they're or essential workers um, are also w- working from home and having to take care of children as well. So this could culturally change the perception of who uh, in, a, in a family provides care. Um, so even though you know disproportionately women are going to take on more hours doing childcare, we also hope that uh, men taking on more responsibilities will become more of a permanent thing. And that will be a, a good
1: cultural shift. Both the Better Life Lab and Texas Women's Foundation say you should let your political representatives know if childcare and family leave policies are important to you. That's where the most widespread change could happen. We hope you've enjoyed this series on pandemic parenting. We might come back to it in the future, but we also want to shift gears and start covering stories affecting parents that are less focused on COVID. If you have a topic or a story you think would make for a great podcast episode, let us know by emailing us at podcast at DFWchild.com. We would love to hear from you. And please rate and review us on iTunes. That helps people find our show. Be sure to follow
0: DFW Child on Facebook and Instagram so we can continue the conversation and check out the helpful parenting resources on dfwchild.com. Until next time.